doing well. Uh, we're in another edition of our weekly Bible study and um, just wanted to kind of give you an update on some things that we're looking at. Um, I, I'd encourage you if you're, you're watching this, you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, because the more subscriptions we get, the more visible we become. And, and so encourage you to do that, even though that's maybe not something you've done in the past. I know I had to, to sign up to subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel, and I'd never done that before. But it just helps us be more visible, uh, which is good if, as we put more content out on YouTube. Even after the quarantine, we, we intend to use this channel. And uh, it's a helpful thing. It's been a helpful thing during this time. And so we want to make sure that that is up and visible. Um, there, there's other um, information or other um, uh, content out on YouTube, the YouTube channel, including our NAS chats, which uh, I've got a lot of good feedback as we've had conversations with uh, different members of our church. So I'd encourage you to, to look at those and, and take some time to view those. And, and the Holy Highlights, which I do with uh, Jeff Schooley, who's the pastor of First Presbyterian, he will sit down and talk to me about my sermon, and then I do the same with him. And so there's content out there where I'm asking questions about his sermon. It's been a great conversation. We've really enjoyed that. I encourage you to, to take a look at those. And then our pod, our podcast with uh, Mara and Josh and I, where we sit down and talk about the scripture for the week and, and try to apply it not only to um, our, our adults, but to our students as well, and just have a great conversation. We've had some some great conversations together. I'd encourage you just to, to view those and, and uh, just get a good glimpse inside how your staff works together. Uh, we, we've had a great time doing those and have enjoyed uh, just every minute of it. And, and those will continue. So we, we will continue to have those conversations. I'd encourage you on Sundays at 1030 a.m. to continue together through Facebook Live. Uh, it, it's great just to see you letting us know that you're there during the service time. It's encouraging. Uh, it makes us um, realize that we're preaching not just to air and not just across uh, the, the, the Facebook live stream, but we're preaching and we're speaking and we're singing with our people. And that's something that's really important to your staff. We miss you. And, and we, we truly want to be engaged with you and not just engaged into the internet. And so I encourage you to be there at 1030 as we gather together at that time. If you can't, I understand, and, and it, it's out there to be viewed at any time. And so I just encourage you to, to do that. Uh, the, if there's any time to be a part of social media, it's now. Uh, that This is an opportunity for us just to connect any way we can, including this, this video Bible study. Um, I'm hoping that this, the April 26th, will be the last time we have to gather in a virtual space but I'm not, um, I don't believe that's probably going to be the case. Uh, we're kind of waiting for the particulars of after May um, or after, as we go to the end of the month. Uh, you know, right now, the next Sunday is for sure going to be a virtual Sunday, but uh, after that, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. I, if I were to guess, I would, I would assume that this is going to extend sometime into May, if, if not early June. And so um, not, not our choice, not what we want, but but I do believe we need to be safe and we need to be cautious and, and we need to trust God even in this circumstance. Um, hopefully we'll be back sooner rather than later. Now I would encourage you, if you know of anybody that, that maybe is not able to listen to uh, the services either on their phone or a computer, to let me know. I, I, I want to make sure we get audio CDs to, to our people uh, that, that are not able to, um, to hear the sermon 
or hear the service. And so um, let me know. Send me an email at pastorpaulmills at gmail.com. Most of you have my, my number. You can give me a call as well. And we'll make sure we get CDs out to everybody. We, we don't want anybody to be feel left out in this. Unfortunately, I don't always know who that might tell. I, you know, I have a few that I take the um, C2, CD to already. Uh, but we'll make sure that anybody that needs a copy of the audio CD of the service uh, gets it as soon as they can. Now, we've been working through the Lord's Prayer together, and so I've got my notes down here, so I'll, I'll try to, to, to be looking at you as you're, as you're uh, watching this, but I'll have to also go into my, my computer and look at my notes. But we've been working through the Lord's Prayer together, and, and we've been reading it every week. And uh, I'd encourage you to open your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. You, you can actually pause me now and get your Bible and look up Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Uh, if you do pause me, please unpause me so we can get through the study together. And I'm reading now the New American Standard uh, translation. And Jesus says, pray then in this way, our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us in temptation to, into temptation, but deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, now we've been reading this, uh, this prayer in a couple of translations just so we can get some, um, some fullness and here's some other ways that this scripture has been uh, translated. Last week, we did the New Living Translation. I thought this week it'd be good to go a little bit old school and probably how many of you learned this prayer, the King James Version. Uh, King James Version says it like this. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So we've worked through verses 9 and 10, and we, we, we see that uh, we're praying to our Father, that, that, that Jesus invites us to pray in relationship and to a loving relationship, uses this intimate term for God, not sovereign Lord, although we can refer to God as sovereign Lord and be right and correct, and, but, but Jesus invites us to, to pray to our Father. And so there's a communal aspect of this prayer that we, we realize we're not praying alone, but we're praying in the midst of community. Uh, that there's so, so we're praying based on this loving relationship in community who art in heaven. So there's this recognition of God's otherness, this holiness of God. Uh, I think it's fair to say that, that Jesus is inviting us to understand that there's an intimate relationship that we experience with our Heavenly Father, but, but He's still the divine other. But there's also this, in, uh, this invitation to see that prayer... Uh, touches not just our physical realm, but the spiritual realm, that, that there's things that we do not see. And, and Paul refers to the heavenly realms. And, and so there's this ideal that uh, although we live in this physical world, there's spiritual realities all around us. And so as we go to our prayer time uh, with, with our heavenly father, we're understanding that our heavenly father is not just physically, he's not physically with us, but he's in the spiritual realms. And so God sees things differently, uh, more fully 
then we're able to see things. And so uh, we're, we're praying in this intimate relationship to this God who's present with us in our physical lives, but also present in these uh, eternal um, spiritual realms where s some of the things that we don't see are going on, but are definitely affecting us. Um, and then we, we, he moves on in the prayer, hallowed be your name. Uh, now, now, now this just isn't praising the name of our Father. It's good to praise the name of our Heavenly Father. I think God is worthy of praise. And, and, and we, we don't have to just look in this prayer to say God is worthy of prayer our praise. And so, so, so we, we, God's worthy of praise, even in our prayer time. Uh, but in, in this portion of the prayer, this, this is partly petition where we're not just praising the name of our heavenly father, but when we say, hallowed be your name, we're saying, God, can you help me to live a life that brings glory to your name? May, may, may I demonstrate the character of my heavenly father by the way that I live. And, and, and so th there is this invitation from Jesus to ask God to empower us uh, to, to bring glory to his name. And, and, and so help me live a life that demonstrates your glory, your goodness, your mercy, your love, your holiness. Uh, you, you know, we, we hear this phrase, be holy like I am holy. And, and, and that's an intimidating phrase. It should be an intimidating phrase when we think about the holiness of God, but, but God invites us uh, to, to mimic or to reveal his character to those around us. And, and so this, this character of God, which expresses holiness, that, that his name, his character, his very being is holy and righteous and pure. He invites us as his people to, to mimic or to demonstrate his holiness. And so in the Ten Commandments, when it says, do not take the Lord's name in vain, to, to a certain extent, what the Ten Commandments is asking us to do is not to say that we're Christian and live in a way that's contrary to God's character, but that somehow we will take on his character, we will take on his holiness, and, and when people see us, they will see uh, the image of God, they will see the best of God, and, and they will be drawn to God because of the way that we live our lives. Um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and this is a continuation of, of, of making your name holy, your, your kingdom come. Not, not just a final coming of this kingdom, although we're, we're looking forward to that day, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Uh, but but we're asking that his will be done. And, and where his will is done, um, his kingdom comes. That, that God's kingdom is that place where his will is accomplished, where his where obedience to his will and, and finding his will is an important aspect of our life. And, and when we find his will, this is not a bad thing. This is a good thing. That, that God's not inviting us. Jesus is not inviting us to this, this prayer where we're asking God to impose his will as, as if it's something to be dreaded. But instead, Jesus is inviting us to this place where God can accomplish his will in our life and do those things that he promises to restore us to our created order and to restore us to what we were meant to be. And so uh, heaven on earth, you, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, this ideal of heaven on earth. Heaven on earth is that place where his will is done, 
You, you ever hear that phrase or something? Well, it's heaven on earth. Well, heaven on earth is that place where his will is done, where, where we live uh, pursuing his will and accomplishing his will. And now, now this is not to say that this is always easy. Uh, not, not even in, you know, in my life, that's not always easy. This is something that we strive for, that, that there's times that we miss it. Uh, there's times we struggle with that. There's times when we struggle and we say, God, please, there's got to be another way. Uh, but, but in faith, we seize on to his will and, and trust him enough to know uh, that even though at times his will may seem difficult, that that is the place that we want to be. Uh, that, that, that as Jesus struggled with the will of his father in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, I believe as we follow, follow Jesus, there'll be times in our life where we struggle with his will. Not, not that we're just going to, oh, great, I get to forgive, or great, I get to give, or great, I get to serve. Uh, but there's this aspect of his will that sometimes it's hard and it's a challenge. Uh, but in faith and in trust, we say our father's will is good. And then we, we, we move on in, into the, the passage. And, uh, you know, we've been singing with the angels in this prayer. Uh, you know, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All these things, God's high and lofty name, God's holiness, uh, God's kingdom, God's will, heaven. Th th these are big items and, and they're lofty items. And then we get down to the nitty gritty and we get down to earth in the prayer. And Jesus says, or invites us to pray in this way, give us this day our daily bread. There's an abrupt switch in the prayer from, I don't wanna say it wasn't practical, but it was more high and lofty to the practical need of today. Um, give us our daily bread. You know, there, there, there's a wide span between help me make your name holy, help me bring your kingdom on this earth to give me my daily bread or give us our daily bread. Once again, the communal aspect of this prayer that when, when I'm praying for, for my needs, I can never forget that I should also be praying for others as well and their needs. Um, th this abrupt switch was, it is so extreme or is so, um, um, it's such a, a switch in gears that the early church fathers struggled with this. As a matter of fact, that they made this aspect of the prayer uh, primarily allegory. And, and, and what they would say is that th th this is not physical bread, but this is spiritual bread. And so what Jesus is inviting us to do is to um, ask our heavenly father to meet our spiritual needs, not our physical needs. It, it seems so abrupt to them that, that, that they could not understand that, that when, when Jesus talked about bread, he, he had to be talking about something spiritual or communion or, or, or maybe it's just another way to ask for his presence that, that, that we could not uh, take to our Heavenly Father just our, our physical needs. And, and this, this way of viewing this, this prayer, was the, that was the prominent way until the time of the Reformers. And, and the Reformers... 
uh, with Martin Luther and, 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 and as the reformers begin to move through this passage, uh, they saw it in a different way. And, and the reformers took this passage back to its, to its easiest meaning. Uh, Jesus was inviting us to bring our daily needs to God. Uh, this, this beautiful image that Jesus is saying, hey, it's okay, you have daily needs and, and you can bring them to the throne, you can bring them to the, your heavenly father because he cares even for your daily physical needs. Uh, now, Martin Luther would take this daily bread, not, not just to be food, not just to be bread, uh, but but to him it represented everything that was necessary for life food and health and relationship and and jobs and 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 as we gather tomorrow for our, our Wednesday for our Bible study uh, maybe you can uh, think of some things that represents daily bread to you and maybe we can have a dialogue about that but that that's Martin Luther said it was just everything necessary for life and, and, and we're praying this, this is not an invitation to do nothing. We're, we're not saying, okay, God, bring me these things. Uh, you know, it's not click list where, where you get to just do a checklist and somebody's going to drop it off at your door. Uh, instead, it's an understanding that we're asking God to, to partner with us in our efforts and be productive by and through him. Um, this daily bread is a reminder that we need God. And in the middle of this prayer, uh, there is this reminder that we need God to sustain us uh, from day to day. Uh, th th this isn't about holy high feast days. Th th this is not about Sunday worship or Sabbath worship or, or seasons this is not just about the crises of life. This is not, okay, we're in a COVID-19 crisis. I need you now, God. No, this is an invitation to understand and accept that we need God every day to meet the real life needs that we have. Um, this is a God who wants to walk through your day-to-day, -day, that cares about your your day-to-day -day life and wants to be involved in your day-to-day -day life. I'm reminded in Revelation where when Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody will open the door, I'll come in and sup with them. And, and this is this invitation for, for, for Jesus to be part of a supper time, a, a common time, a, a family time. God wants to walk with us through our daily work lives, through our relationships, through our times to the grocery store. While we're sitting around our dining room table, God wants to be part of all those times. And when Jesus invites us to pray for our daily bread, he's, he's saying it's okay to invite your father to be part of your day-to-day -day life, to, to realize that he sustains your life and he wants to be part of your life. I love how the message writer uh, writes Romans 12, 1. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. <laughs> I just love how, how Eugene Peterson writes that. You know, take your everyday, ordinary life. And in a lot of ways, in the Lord's Prayer, uh, this petition for God to um, 
uh, to, to meet our daily need of bread is a petition to say, God, I want you to be a part of my day-to-day -day life. I, I don't want to do this on my own or think that I'm doing this on my own, but, but Lord, I invite you, Father, I invite you to be part of every aspect of my day. How do we place our ordinary life before him? Well, we acknowledge that it's all a gift from him. Uh, all of life is a gift from our Heavenly Father. We, we live and we breathe because of our Heavenly Father. We eat because of our It is a blessing from Him. Uh, everything comes from Him and flows from Him. Uh, we, we trust Him even for the food that we eat and the prayer. That's the common thing. I, I need enough bread to get by uh, for this day. This day, and, and God, I'm trusting you to, to give that and supply that. And when we think about this, it gives us a measure of our Heavenly Father's goodness. Um, James says it like this, Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there's, there's no variation or shifting shadow. In other words, our, our Heavenly Father gifts us even for the ordinary aspects of our life. It reminds us of his, his d desire to daily be a part of our lives. Uh, we can look at the Exodus story, and, and in a lot of ways, the Exodus story is a, a sad story in that they're wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. But in a lot of ways, it's a precious story because in that story, God is supplying their need for food every day. He is the light before them, he is the shield behind them, and he is right in the midst of his people where he wants to be. So, so the question I have for you today is, what ordinary part of your life do you need to give to God and trust him with? What, what ordinary, and see, see that's, that's where we kind of, I falter, uh, may, may, maybe this is not your struggle, but I falter in my day-to-day -day life because I begin to get this perception that I can do it on my own. And, and, and so relationships or work or, or you know, handling finances or, or, or you fill in the blank, those, those daily things that we do. And we begin to believe that we're self-sufficient. Uh, let, let, let's face it, we, we, we probably have enough food in our pantries to last more than a day. When, when, when we all went into quarantine, we, we bought snacks, but we haven't had to buy a whole lot of staples uh, because we had them in, in our pantry and in our freezer. And so we can begin to believe that my work life, that my relationship, that, that what I eat is all based on me. And Jesus is inviting us to take those things that we think we're self-sufficient in and say, God, I'm trusting you and believing you are the giver of all good gifts. I want to end with a scripture and, and then I'll say a short prayer, then we'll see you guys on Wednesday night at seven o'clock, you can, you can the church email will have the the um, Zoom login information. I'd encourage you to log in. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter six, beginning in verse twenty-five. And so immediately after the Lord's prayer, Jesus says this, and I'm reading now the New Living Translation. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? 
Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father, your heavenly Father, already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Lord, help us to live within the promise of this prayer and the promise of this scripture. We thank you, Lord, that you care for our daily needs. And we pray, Lord, uh, that we'll, you'll help us just to lay our ordinary lives before you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless. See you soon.